0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast into the week of Sunday, November 28th, 2021, the first Sunday in Advent. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you didn't tackle anyone at Walmart on Black Friday. And however you spent your week, I hope that you had some time to relax and and be. Uh, For the first Sunday in Advent, we are starting in Luke chapter 21, starting in verse 25, going through verse 36, and I'm reading out of the CEB. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth, distress among many nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. They will see the Son of Man coming in on a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to take place, stand up, and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them the parable, look at the fig tree and all of the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on your guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life that in that day catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all of these things that will take place and stand before the Son of Man. The word of the Lord. All right. Wow. Uh, Welcome to the first Sunday of Advent. Um, I've read this text i uh, Advent before, obviously, uh, but every time I read it out loud, it's it strikes me, I think, more for some reason than reading it to myself during the week. So, uh, if you're like, "What in the world? How is how is this Advent?" Um, stick with me. We'll have our normal conversation on on Sunday, but I want to toss around some ideas uh, and uh, talk about our theme for this. Uh, year's uh, Advent series, which is Abide Within. And Abide Within, we're going to kind of play with um, that theme. Um, And it's an idea, I guess, that we've touched on recently, uh, but maybe the season of Advent gives us a runway for the next four weeks, not only to prepare for the Christmas season, but perhaps to settle into some deeper truths as we have these conversations and hopefully some slower rhythms. So on Sundays during Advent, we'll do a series of um, visual meditations. Kelly will lead us in music and we will try to um, mine this theme and uh, these classic Advent texts as we spend time over the next four weeks uh, together on, on Sunday. So uh, <laughs> our text for the first Sunday of Advent comes from uh, the end of the Gospel of Luke, and throughout the Advent season, we'll see how we start here, and then we narratively work backwards from from the end to the beginning. So, if you're like, "Why are we in Mark or Why are we in Luke 21?" That's the reason why. So, <laughs> you probably noticed that uh, two weeks ago, the final lectionary text for Mark's Gospel was also apocalyptic in nature, and we start uh, Advent with the Lucan version of that Mark text and the words of Jesus about the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. And we have this almost identical exchange between Jesus and his disciples with the author of Luke adding um, details to the story and fleshing that out a little bit more as Luke does uh, to Mark's gospel. So Jesus's encouragement here is very similar to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, as Jesus tells them to stay on guard, to keep watch, uh, to stay awake. And that's exactly what we talked about in the context of the Gospel of Mark a couple of weeks ago. We asked, you know, what does it mean for uh, the church community to stay awake? What does alertness look like in the context of following Christ is what we talked about on Sunday a couple of weeks ago. So the question for Advent is traditionally not not too much different than that. It's traditionally understood as a season of preparation for the coming of Christ leading up to Christmas. And uh, maybe I'll say off the top that some people um, find the whole exploration of Advent or the season of Advent to be, I don't know, a bit naive or, I don't know, just bland, as it seems like we're preparing for something that we already know has occurred in, in human history. Uh, in other words, like if Jesus was born, Emmanuel, God with us, why are we pretending two thousand years later to prepare ourselves for this rival every year in in this kind of liturgical way? And I'm kind of sympathetic to this skeptical view of the Advent season, uh, in perhaps being a bit melodramatic in its approach and its interests. But I, but I also think about uh, the famous words from the Christian mystic Meister Eckhart when he writes, What good is it for me if this eternal birth of the divine Son takes place unceasingly, but does not take place within myself? What good is it to me if Mary is full of grace, if I am also not full of grace? What good is it for me, for the Creator, to give birth to the Son, if I also have not given birth to Him in my time and culture? This, then, is the fullness of time— when the Son of God is begotten in us. And so we're gonna play with this idea throughout the season of Advent about um, Christ abiding within us, with us. And so as we think about the season of Advent and we see or sympathize, right, with this skeptical view of saying, what are are we doing? We're just kind of playing around, pretending uh, like this event hasn't already occurred in human history. Um, And while the historical Jesus is, Incredibly important, and that scholarly endeavor is um, so critical to, to how we understand so much more about Jesus than than perhaps uh, people did even a couple of hundred years ago. Right? Um, it's also critical to remember that when we talk about the Jesus of history, we are not only attempting to speak of Christ in historical terms, uh, because I think when we do only only that much, right, uh, we're not really receptive to any kind of uh, transformative nature of the the liberation in which Christ is offering spiritually, ab- Christ abiding with us. This idea of the Son being begotten uh, eternally, um, what that liberation for us might bring. How how might we think of the ways God abides with and within us uh, during this Advent season? Is a cre- is a question that we hopefully can explore on Sundays. Okay. So why, why the apocalypse here again <laughs> Two virtually for us two weeks in a row, uh, incredibly similar texts from Mark 13 and from Luke 21. Uh, and I don't want to completely brush over the apocaly- apocalyptic nature of this text, even though it's really difficult to kind of unpack all of this. We talked a couple weeks ago about how apocalyptic literature is was a common way of storytelling in in the jewish consciousness and imagination of this time so again not f- foretelling of future events that have not happened on earth but it is a type of literature that is revealing something right the the word apocalypse in greek really just means to uh, to reveal that's why at the end of uh, the bible the the book that we call revelation it's the same thing it just means to reveal to pull back the veil apocalypse is just this word um so i'm i'm not for our purposes i'm not too concerned with the apocalyptic nature of jesus's claims or the end times concerning the destruction of the temple in jerusalem which we talked about again a couple of weeks ago and about how these gospels were written in and around those times luke probably uh, after the destruction of the temple and so those events are sort of uh, foretelling of of that particular historical event. Again, when we're not when we're speaking of historical events, we're not just speaking only in ter- terms of historical events. So, a question I guess we could ask, right, is how, what might be revealed in you and in me during this Advent season? What needs to be unveiled or uncovered in our world? And so the question of advent preparation, or even the invitation that Jesus is offering in this text that we just read is to be prepared for some kind of revelation. It um, doesn't require uh, doomsday predictions, but maybe maybe it allows for us to be surprised. Like good uh, music, uh, art, poetry, uh, storytelling narrative, at some level, like it always is surprising. Uh, it's always revealing something to us within us. Uh, can we be alert enough that something about our unconscious surfaces, our desires, our patterns, our addictions, something might be revealed? And I would say this is uh, good news and that the location of our truth is, is in the dark, not just the light. One of the books we read last year was Learning to Walk in the Dark by Barbara Brown Taylor. She writes this, new life starts in the dark, whether it is a seed in the ground, a baby in the womb, or Jesus in the tomb, it starts in the dark. And there's... An aspect within the Christian tradition that speaks of discovering God, uh, our true self, grace, liberation, um, similarly, that it starts in the dark, that it starts from these unexpected places. And as I was thinking about Advent this week and these ideas about what is hidden and what is possible to be revealed, I was thinking of a couple of stories that um, have always stirred my imagination in, in the direction of these questions. And one is this parable from the Sufi tradition that goes something like this. A Sufi master had lost the key to his house and was looking for it in the grass outside. He got down on his hands and knees and started running his fingers through every blade of grass. Along came eight or 10 of his disciples, and they said, Master, what is wrong? He said, well, I've lost the key to my house. They said, can we help you find it? He said, I'd be delighted. So they all got down on their hands and knees in the grass and started running their fingers through it. As the sun grew hotter, one of the more intelligent disciples said, Master, have you any idea where you might have lost the key? And the master replied, of course, I lost it in the house. To which they all exclaimed, then why are we looking for it out here? And he said, isn't it obvious there is more light out here. Okay, so this parable reminded me of this line from the scholar Mark Taylor. He says, religion is most interesting where it is least obvious. And there's something about the nature of what is hidden to us, something about what is is true, what is deeply meaningful human and uh, to, to, you know, to quote the idea from, from Paul Tillich that theology is simply matters of ultimate concern, that uh, most of what we would rather do, most uh, Christianity, most um, of the basic forms of religion are all about what is available to us in the light. When in actuality, we know that God, uh, our true self, grace, liberation, Whatever words we want to use for ultimate concern and meaning lie within uh, a much more human and and murkier place. And I I propose that it's um, this kind of apocalyptic revelation, disruption, where liberation can actually happen. You know, back to the Barbara Brown Taylor quote, that new life always begins or merges from, from darkness. So our Advent hope... this is the week of hope in the season of Advent, says something similar, that something uh, can be revealed and uncovered that can bring new life, joy, Um, not something in the superficial sense. There can actually be a radical reading of our own Christian tradition, whether that be Advent or other biblical narratives or even... Uh, the reading of the crucifixion as, a, as an event that, that ruptures uh, the nature of reality, even in its absurdity, that, that Jesus dies on a cross, that that experience uh, in human history is, is one that um, not only lies in human history, but opens up new possibilities for liberation and hope for all. That there's something about this subversive reading that says uh, our, our, our truth actually can emerge from the darkness, I think is a, is a very hopeful Advent message and maybe a place that, uh, we can start from this week that, uh, most of Christianity and most, I would just say basic, like Americanized culture, like once the light, once, um, what is uh, sanitized the easy explanation, uh, the good feeling when the apocalyptic apocalyptic nature of the Advent message for us is that there is an opportunity for the exploration of the unconscious dimensions of ourselves, our desires uh, in our world, that this is a, a kind of darkness where the, the key of uh, truth is hidden, if we can say that much. You know, I also think about the story even of Ad- Adam and Eve, that this is, there is a kind of reading of that story that allows for a um, subversive trickster revelation to emerge that uh, the traditional reading of Adam and Eve is that Adam and Eve um, sinned in the garden by um, eating from uh, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and therefore, you know, they are banished from the garden. And there's another reading that speaks of Eve as this Hero that allows for um, for a different kind of freedom to emerge. So, so in this reading, Eve is not sinning in the classic sense, but actually stepping into a new kind of disruptive liberation, in which there is an embrace of what it means to be human fully in. Uh, the fractured nature of reality, how ever muddy and murky and full of uh, pain and grief there is, there is something that is disruptive and liberating at the same time. And there's something about um, the promises of most of Christianity that seek a um, return to the garden or a utopian but what this usually does is it very, very obviously ignores, I think, I would say, most of what it means to be human. All of our experiences of uh, our own failures, our own, um, again, des- desires, the things that we usually, um, that are maybe even hidden to ourselves, these are the kinds of things that um, a lot of Christianity and religion uh, do not touch because they're either um, trying to make their way back to the garden or they're trying to long for a future kind of perfection. And again, this is not too different than the promises of um, the the tech industry or capitalism where everything is is very sanitized. Like right, We see this even in the perfection promised by the digital world of Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse. If you haven't seen the video, like there's this completely sanitized, uh, utopian digital world in which you can live. And what was that show on Amazon Prime? I think it was uploaded. Anyway, um, that there is a kind of digital world that is um, promised, where there, where you can avoid most of what it means to experience what it is to be human. And the Advent rejection of this is the apocalyptic nature of what is being revealed in human history, this idea of God with us. Um, There's something sacred about our humanity, even in its mundanity, its absurdity, its pain, in that One of the advent messages of hope for me is that we shouldn't run away from our humanity, but have a radical embrace of uh, our own experience of what it is to be human in this world right now, because the whole trajectory of um, Jesus being born into the world is that God does not reject this world. God does not reject the humanity. God comes into uh, this embrace of what it means to be human amid failure, grief, in uh, to use the broad term of, of darkness, because it's from that darkness that there's the uh, the possibility for a uh, our capacity for love and forgiveness and justice to grow. and And that is um, what I hope to kind of explore this week as we talk about Advent, offering us a window of hope in the dark, not in a naive or depressive sense, but knowing that the truth is already within us and that the truth is emerging from uh, this dark dark place. So yeah, I think I'll leave it there. Uh, Looking forward to our conversation on Sunday. And as always, as we approach this week, may we love God, embrace beauty, and live life to the fullest. Be well.